This is the seventh episode of the Nifty Nick Show. Today I have on an NFT speculator who's been making bold bets and seeing six-figure returns thanks to some of his early picks. While he has other priorities in his day job, it sounds like NFTs have become a significant distraction. That sounds a little too familiar. The show's all about learning from those with skin in the game in the world of NFTs, and as usual, today's guest is no exception. So let's get started. If you're looking for some crypto, you just found the right spot. We wrap it up, one of a kind, NFT straight to the top. Now don't go trading based on comments. We provide in this show. It's not investment advice, but our picks do tend to blow up. Like a rocket, they say. Many people have compared it to people's every day. So if you're trying to figure out what's going on in this space, please do not worry. Your boy Nifty Nick is hot on the case. And we're back with Nick. Welcome to the show. Thank you. What an intro. That sounds great. I'm going to get that on my Spotify. Um, well, you, if you subscribe to the show, thanks for uh, putting that out there. You can always follow us on Spotify. Uh, however, we record these shows live on Clubhouse. But yeah, welcome to the show. Thanks for uh, coming on. I, I'm ex- thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to uh, discuss your... Uh, degenerate speculative habits, uh, which have actually turned out to be an effective strategy. But yeah, maybe maybe we can jump in first. You want to just uh, introduce yourself and sort of shed some background on like how you got into the NFT space when that happened. Yeah, and we can start there. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, so um, you know, I've I've always been you know fascinated by crypto at least for you know the past three years i i I heard about it way back in the day because i was in the seo space and people were talking about it there and you know 2010 2012 and like 99 percent of people i thought it was the weirdest thing ever so (laughs) didn't invest then when it was been a great decision and in 2017 of course everybody saw it blow up and you know i didn't get in and i just had so much fomo sitting on the sidelines um and then you know we all know how that ended it you know crashed pretty hard in 2018 uh, but, you know, fast forward to 2019 and, and the price, uh, you know, had become much more attractive. And I, I started to buy some Bitcoin and I continued to buy that through, you know, COVID in 2020. Um, and then, you know, of course, Bitcoin started to perform very well as we got into, you know, the later half um, of last year. And I after that, I slowly got my feet wet into the, you know, other areas of the crypto spectrum. So I started buying some Ethereum and then you know, at first I was just on Coinbase and then I, you know, got some, you know, crypto in, in my MetaMask wallet. And then of course that's when, you know, the, the real doors opened and, uh, you know, I started looking at altcoins and different things. And I, I, I heard about NFTs for the first time, uh, really early, uh, to like middle January. Um, and I didn't, I didn't dive in and start buying them until, uh, early February. And I mean, that feels like a lifetime ago. I tell everyone like a, a week in the NFT space is like, you know, a few months or like a year in real life. It, it really feels that way. Um, but, uh, you know, of course, there's a bunch of platforms and, and everything, but I I focused on Nifty Gateway. And so I joined Nifty Gateway in, in early February and I really had no idea what I was doing. I was lucky that you pretty much could have bought anything in early February and it at least tripled, you know, if not more. So. I put a good amount of money in, in February. And then, uh, you know, the market really peaked about two or three weeks ago. Um, and so I ran up about 60 grand. At one point I was up probably on paper, like, you know, 170, 180, maybe. 
Um, and now it's, it's retraced, you know, pretty significantly, but I definitely dodged some bullets. There's a little bit of a bear market right now in the NFT space, but I'm still up uh, very big. And then big news is I, I cashed out all of my principal. So now I'm, I'm free rolling on the casino's money, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's definitely the way to go, uh, especially in this space. I mean, you're essentially trading on, like, this on e-liquid assets. Uh, well, they, they are liquid. Um, however, you're ultimately dependent on... They're liquid if you can find a buyer. Exactly. You know, that's exactly. the price that you want to sell it for. Yeah. Trust me, some days I would wake up and I'm like, dude, you have so much money in this you know, and like, what are you doing? You know, and then other days I felt like an absolute genius. Right. But that's most, uh, most very speculative things, right. Lots of ups and downs. So I want to discuss what you're actually, uh, some of the pieces that you're actually buying. What, uh, I, I think it would be useful to start back at what you were looking at before and then what you're looking at <clears throat> now. Uh, so yeah, 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 definitely. So, I mean, when I first started, uh, on Nifty Gateway, I was just doing it for the fun and just the, the, the pure, like, you know, love for the art. So there was these, uh, there was these, uh, things by gold weird called crystal pops. And he made all these like different crystal pop figurines and they were pretty like affordable at the time. They were like, you know, two, 300 bucks. And I bought a bunch of those and I was able to sell those, you know, eventually close to a thousand bucks, some for 1500. Um, uh, I was also very attracted to Mad Dog Jones back in the day, but I didn't bite um, right away. Um, and I, I really should have because some of that stuff has like 20x from when I first started buying. Um, but, you know, I, I, I really bought all sorts of pieces. I bought um, this guy named uh, Philippe Hodas. He makes this really um, cool piece of art called uh, Rusty. And it's uh, Rusty from, it's Bender from... Uh, I'm blanking on the on the TV show, but Bender, it's like this animated series. Um, and I bought those for like 400 and I sold them, you know, around like the $3,000 range. So I had a lot of wins um, earlier on. Um, and as I was kind of, you know, grinding my teeth and, and learning how to, you know, find good buys or good values, um, I started to heavily invest in Mad Dog Jones and built up a, a pretty big position in Mad Dog Jones. And as I'm sure you heard, he has a big auction coming out next week with Phillips. So um, I, I put a lot of money behind a good horse and, and that's worked out for me. And that's actually, you know, saved a lot of my account value um, during the bear market. But like when I started on Nifty Gateway, like now it's all drawings and like all um, like silent auctions and stuff like that. But when I first like joined Nifty Gateway, <clears throat> they had limited um, so, you know, there'd only be like 300 for sale and it was first come first serve. It was whoever could click the fastest. Yep. And it was so wild because you would click and it'd be gone in like a second and a half. So you had to have fast internet. You had to be lucky. You had to like time it perfectly. Like I learned that like their, their clock was like a half second off my clock, you know? So I just, oh I click like a half second and these things you would, you would, if you caught them in the limited, you know, you'd pay $300 and instantly they'd be worth 2000 $3,000. Um, and then what started to happen over time is as the market got more popular, like the artists started to price their things more and more expensively. And so there was less of that, like easy 24 hour flip arbitrage. But yeah, like when I first joined, it was the wild west. It was a blast. You could just make money left and right. And that's how I was able to like, you know, flip 60 up to, you know, 150, 180, um, and, and get my principal out. So you're basically going to be building, 
uh, digging fiber optic channels between uh, where you live and uh, Nifty Gateway's servers so that you can get the fastest access uh, to, to the auctions. Even better, you get a janitorial job at the server warehouse. There you and, go. You know, you're just you're sitting 15 feet away from the server, click and click. <laughs> so, so you you invested in these early on. You had uh, you had some uh, big successes with flipping uh, NFTs. So you said you're there is a bear market now. What it, what are your feelings uh, of in the current state, and what opportunities are you thinking about? Yeah. So. Um, I, I, it's so basically my, my thought process process on the whole scenario is that, um, what we're having happen is, is two things. So a month ago or a month and a half ago, the space was so new and the art was like, there was, there was not that much art that a lot of things that you could buy had a high success rate. Um, and a lot of the artists that you could bet on had a high success rate because there just wasn't that many other options for a buyer. Mm -hmm. Now, the scenario has completely changed, not just on Nifty Gateway, right? Because you got to think they're doing three to five drops a week of new art, new artists, right? So every week you have new art pouring onto the market. So new art, if it's really good, it's going to compete with and like potentially dilute old art. So you have to you know, you have to be looking at your old art and, and, and wondering, is this going to stand the test of time, right? Like, is this going to be a good piece at this price point three months from now, six months from now, or even a year from now? And then on the flip side, every every time someone makes a drop, the next person that's going to drop, you think about it, it's that much harder for them and their work to su- succeed, right? Because they're competing against that much more work out there. So the big thing is that, you know, like a a month ago, you could pick and you would, you had like a 50, 75% success rate of like the price going up. Whereas now, um, I think that you, it's more of like an 80, 20 rule. You probably have to be saying no to like 80% of the art out there and saying yes to like 20% of the art out, like the art out there or even less. And it's so tempting to, spend your time like buying like these 300 or these $500 pieces and hoping like you five X them, but like really, you know, the, the value is getting concentrated amongst certain people like mad dog Jones, right? People, um, Fawocious, you know, is a big one. Like you need to be betting on the winners. Right. And if you're betting on like someone that's new, you have to have some sort of like insight or like high confidence that they're going to succeed. So I bought, uh, I've bought some X copy recently. And I mean, the only reason why I bought X copy is because he had like an 800 or like a $900,000 single auction. Yeah. And I mean, that's like a pretty big sign from the whales that like, okay, this guy is, you know, a big deal. Um, and you can buy his work for a thousand bucks and you can buy a lot of other people's works that aren't nearly as big as him for a thousand bucks. So it's like, if you're going to spend a thousand bucks, you know, bet on a good horse. And that has like drastically changed from a month ago. Um, and it's so tempting because a lot of people at the, at the end of the day, like you should buy art that you like, you really should. But if you're trying to at least retain the value or make the value go up over time, you need to be making smart investment decisions. And so you have to be selective. You can't just be like, oh, this looks cool. Like I'm going to buy it. You know, that yeah. has cost me like $20,000. <laughs> <laughs> okay. At so least. so I, I have questions about how this uh, relates to your other trading, but before before that, I do want to comment on uh, what you mentioned in terms of identifying 
you know, what the whales are buying. Uh, and essentially what I've seen, or at least my experience so far is like, I'm basically now following a pool of uh, crypto influencers, if you want to call them that on Twitter, who are basically all people who are actively trading NFTs. And so they tend to be a, a solid indicator for me in terms of whether or not someone is likely to blow up. On the flip side, I'm not making any bets the size of what you're describing on any of these NFTs, but I have tried to observe to say like, hey, which of these um, projects seem to be having traction among these early adopters, including some of the whales that, uh, that you mentioned? And, uh, and, and that's probably a good indicator at this point. But it does, much, yeah. it does feel a little bit like trying to read, uh, you know, look into a crystal ball uh, because, yeah. I, because again, yeah. there's no fundamentals be, like behind this system. There's no fundamentals <laughs> behind this. I mean, we're, we're in uncharted territory here. And what you brought up, I mean, you mentioned specific projects, right? And like, that's something that I have been talking to people a lot that they need to consider is like, look, like if you're on one platform, you have to realize that like, it's not just art versus art on that platform. You're in an entire ecosystem, right? It, there's there's stuff completely outside of art in in the NFT space, right? Like I three or three weeks ago, four weeks ago, some of my buddies put me on Sandbox, the Sandbox game. Yep. I started buying Sandbox land. Yep. Um, and that's that's turned out to be a great investment. Like my investment there is like up like seventy five percent. Um, and we bought in at, with Ethereum is cheaper, so it's maybe up even a little bit more than that. But like, you know, Nifty Gateway right now is on a very real bear market. And like one of the things you got to like realize is just like in the stock market, right? There's sector rotations, right? Like, you know, people like tech, big tech, then growth tech, then industrials and commodities. The same thing is going to happen in the NFT space, right? So like one, one area of the NFT space is going to be really hot for a month and steal everyone's attention, you know, and it's going to drag away from other areas. And then... You know, it, but that doesn't mean that your area is done because eventually people are going to get bored of that shiny new toy and they're going to rotate back. So I spent like I spent two weeks literally staring at the activity feed, you know, in my free time for <laughs> the sandbox land. And then I, I kind of got bored of it a little bit and I went back to Nifty Gateway. So, yep. Decentraland is another one. I follow the De Decentraland bot and like every single plot of land right now averages around somewhere between ten and fifteen thousand dollars, which yeah. to me Wild, is right? just absolutely bonkers. Uh, because I'm also like, man, you're really investing in this thing that barely works on my computer. I can't get the damn thing loading on my browser. I got, a, I got a fully loaded gaming computer and I tried to load a link and like couldn't even get in. And then I've also had people tell me that like, unless there's an event on Decentraland, there's like, you know, 20 people online at any given time. Yeah. And when you think it's like, you know approaching like you know hundreds of millions of dollars in you know total market cap and there's 15 people on at any given time i mean it, it's very speculative but i mean to your earlier point about like where are the whales spending their money like why is decentraland like retaining its value so well right because like yep. it's whales own most of it right so you know little people with one or two plots here and there they don't really control the market the whales control the market and the whales really like decentraland and people are bought into the story of the metaverses and this like future world that we're going to live in where we're all, you know, coexisting in this virtual existence where we. Like... I watched Ready Player One the other week, <laughs> yeah. you know, just for a refresher. Yeah. <laughs> just to be like, OK, where are we heading? <laughs> the, the game is, is definitely a sensationalized version of it, I feel like. But it still is representative of that. And whenever you bring it up, Ready Player One specifically to a lot of the people in this space, they're like eyes you know, bulge immediately. And they're like, Oh Light my up. God. Yeah. Like the, uh, 
this is definitely the future. I completely agree. And so you, you really do need to buy it. It is a very geeky subculture, which makes a ton of sense. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really interesting to observe. So my question for you, though, is so uh, back last year, you know, as the market was imploding, we were both uh, tweeting about our, our trading experiences, and I know that you're a really active trader in the stock market. Have you now turned yeah. all of that attention uh, to uh, NFT speculating, or are you now uh, you know turning your attention back to the markets once again? Yeah, so I've 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 like stayed involved in the markets heavily. I mean, I I definitely am you know maybe looking at charts less or like looking for like swing trades less, and like NFTs have consume my space more there but it's like you know i know some people that they're like i've completely pulled out of like the stock market and you know i'm all in on crypto or i'm all in on nfts you know i'm like i'm more like 60 percent crypto and nfts but i still have 40 percent in the stock market and that's not including my 401k um just because i think that i mean why are nfts and crypto exploding right now like we're coming out of this you know wild experience that the whole world went through with this lockdown and everything like that, right? And we're in a new decade and we're on like the cusp of so many technological revolutions that I think it's a mistake to like not think that the stock market has some real groundbreaking opportunities on it. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm pretty big on Unity software. Like, you know, if, if there's going to be a Ready Player One, like who's going to be powering it, right? Yeah. Like what, you know, the, the game engine, it's probably going to be Unreal software, right? And you can buy Palantir and you can buy... Peloton. I mean, I just think there's a lot of really innovative things happening. It kind of reminds me of like when Facebook went public, you know, like that that time back in like, what was it like 2008 to 2012, there was yep. like this huge on ramp of tech companies. And if you bought any of them, you're sitting pretty well now. I feel like the same things like happening right now. So I definitely have a good amount of money still in the stocks, but NFT is still, it has definitely stolen, you know, it's, it's my one true love right now. That's for sure. And I don't think it's going to go away. It's so fun, right? It's so new. There's, yep. there's so much to explore in the space. It, it is really early. And I think your thesis about the timing of sort of like Facebook days is something that I completely agree with. I mean, that's, uh, I, I had a lot of success tracking the early Facebook days. I have someone coming on. I don't know which uh, episode may be the next one. Uh, who was really early in that space as well and made had a huge exit out of uh, out of that play. And we were just discussing the other day that this feels very, very similar to that. The only difference, though, is you don't have this centralized platform on which uh, they're giving away traction to other people. This time, it's sort of like, hey, you had to just kind of know that crypto was going somewhere. And if you bought in, uh, you did really well. I I'm wondering, so... Where do you see yourself in this NFT space six, 12 months from now? Are you just going to like hold on to a couple of pieces and let, you know, do you think we're going to go into a uh, crypto winter at some point uh, in, in the near future? Or are you just going to keep trading this and looking for opportunities in the NFT space? Yeah, great question. So like specifically with NFTs, so I got my principal out. So I pulled, you know, 60 grand out over the past couple of weeks and I dodged a little bit of the bear market, which is great. And now I have about like 90K in value on Nifty Gateway that I'm not planning on pulling out. And so about $70,000 of that is in Mad Dog Jones. So I own two Lotus trains, which is a pretty rare piece by Mad Dog Jones. And I own Deja Vu. And Mad Dog Jones just came out with what I think is a groundbreaking mechanic mm -hmm. for the NFT that he's releasing next week with Phillips that I think a lot of people like when it, it 
what people don't realize is that it's going to be a massive marketing opportunity, like permanent marketing thing. So basically what it works is these people are, they're bidding on this like a, a minute long Mad Dog Jones piece of like an office with a printer. But what they're getting is actually way more than that. Um, he created a smart contract where this thing is going to spit out new NFTs on like an algorithmic basis and then make copies of this NFTs and it's going to keep going. And every time it keeps going, there's a chance that it's eventually going to jam up like a copy printer would. And then it's never going to make another NFT again. And so it has like, yeah, it has the, he said they ran uh, like a million simulations and there's like a 90% chance it makes between, I'm going to butcher the specifics a little bit, but makes between like 180 and 300 total NFTs. And that will be about like 22 unique NFTs. Like some of them will have like, you know, 10 editions of them. But imagine you're like Justin Sun or some big crypto whale. You have billions of dollars. You buy this thing and you like own all of the derivative work. You can trade that work to a friend or a colleague. Like you basically own this like lineage of top tier blue chip NFT art. And the thing was, is he's smart. It doesn't like spit it all out at once. Like, it's going to happen like every month it's going to like switch to like printing a new NFT or like at least having a chance to. And so it's just going to be this constant marketing engine where people are going to be like, what's the next piece for Mad Dog Jones going to be? Is it going to print a duplicate of the same one we've seen or is it going to print a brand new one? Um, And so I think that's just fascinating. And he's always been pushing the envelope on, um, you know, where the NFT world is going. So when I look ahead, like, three years from now, I'm like, you know, just like CryptoPunks are worth so much money. I think three years from now, like probably a Mad Dog Jones ultra rare piece could be worth something, right? If like we're going into this new paradigm of like crypto being a big part of our everyday lives and financial system. And then, so I, I got my bet there. Um, and I, I don't plan on selling two of those Mad Dog Jones pieces, at least for a year or two, because my experience is most of the people that make a lot of money they it's over a longer horizon right you don't hear yes. about people like oh i at least in the regular like most of the people that are getting rich right now in nfts they bought them in 2018 right so i'm trying to look on that farther horizon and then the overall crypto space like eventually i think we're going to have some sort of like cool off period but the amount of um you know adoption that bitcoin is getting into our everyday life that i see more of a scenario where like Bitcoin is going to probably have a blow off top at some point in time, right? And go farther than it needs to go. And it's going to correct back something like 20 or 30%. And then we'll probably see like some sort of like, you know, just stagnation, right? And then I think, I think we'll see way more booms and busts in like the alt, the alt area. So like I consider like the alt market a lot like growth tech on the stock market. So like, if you look what just happened with growth tech on the stock market, right? A lot of these stocks just like retrace 50%. So you have people like freaking out, like, Oh, my NFT is down 50%. It's like, yeah, well, I mean, if you own Peloton at 160, it went down to 90. You know what I mean? Like uh, when you're investing in that speculative stuff, it's going to go up or down, you know, way more. But I think Bitcoin, I think Ethereum are like here to stay. Here's the thing is like, everyone whether they say it aloud or not they know how much money is getting printed around the world like you want to have you know you got an extra a hundred thousand dollars you want all a hundred thousand dollars sitting in your bank account you know uh losing 10 percent a year to inflation probably not so i i agree with a lot of your uh 
theses here. The one that I want to uh, bring it back to there real quick is uh, a key subject matter, and I think a good one to uh, wrap everything up with is the the gamification that Mad Dog uh, Mad Dog Jones is doing. I had seen you speak about one of the other pieces that you had done where you were talking about the concept of like cats with nine lives, and I want to j- jump on that for a second. But I also yeah, uh, I I have one question before that. So does uh, Nifty Gateway, does it support the smart contracts of the type that you are articulating for Mad Dog Jones or are those being sold elsewhere? Yeah, that's a great question. So like my understanding is that they can't handle that level of like, you know, advanced smart contract. Like that's going to work like off the platform. He's doing the auction with Phillips. So I'm sure like whoever buys it, is you know the smart contract will probably just like live on the ethereum network is my understanding um so uh, yeah nifty gateway like won't be able to to handle the it, it, the one at phillips um specifically but mad dog jones has already done a burn mechanic on nifty gateway because to do a burn mechanic you really just need people to send stuff to a wallet and then you burn it and you send them something back so he already did that manually with one of his pieces. He had two pieces, uh, thoughts are a currency and ideas are a system. And uh, they both had 50 editions of each. And he said, if you send me five of them, then um, I'm gonna send you back a a one out of one unique piece of art. And he had nine of them available. And so 45 total, so about half of the overall supply. And it created this massive bull run where um, this one guy that's put tens of millions of dollars into the NFT space, his name's uh, Animal Scraps. He bought five of them, average cost $120,000 to buy, to, to trade actually rather for this one out of one unique piece. So, I mean, you do the math five times like $120,000. This guy spent six hundred grand to do that. Um, like it was nothing. I watched him buy it. He actually bought one of my pack pieces for a, a really nice flip. Um, but but yeah, and uh, I can tell you about the the nine cat pieces too, which is hilarious. And maybe it's true. I mean, <laughs> it's it's it's, de- it's, de- it's definitely um, uh, it, it's an interesting idea. Uh, I'm curious. You know, I don't know if it's real. Uh, initially, I actually when I counted, well, maybe you can share it real quick, but. Uh, uh, in in the the image, you are articulating that there's a lot of things referencing nine. I, I don't want to spoil it. Uh, I'll, I'll let you tell the story. But I did see in the picture, uh, you said there were nine tiles across. And when I looked at it, I included. The, it turned out there was a mirror there. And so when you said that, I was looking at it. And I'm like, no, there's ten tiles. How are you like? How are you counting this? And, and then I realized, oh no, that's a mirror. So there actually are nine tiles. So, anyways, you want you want to share what the uh, uh, the cat theory is here? Yeah, totally. And it's one of those things where it's like me and my buddy, I think we like kind of just accidentally stumbled upon it. And like, I'm like 80% sure that Mad Dog Jones probably was already laying the seeds for this and like 20% sure that like maybe it just like organically happened. And he's kind of like, all right, I'm in on this. I'm going to make something happen. But um, it, I, I, I still lean more to the 80% this is actually a thing. So basically Mad Dog Jones released this piece called like, why would I care? I'm just a cat. And it was one of the most like biggest drops on Nifty Gateway. So it was two point five, like two thousand five hundred dollars to buy, and it minted almost a thousand. So you think about there, almost a thousand people lined up and said, "Hey, I'll pay twenty five hundred dollars because this is Mad Dog Jones." And it's a really cool piece. It's like this piece of like 
a laundromat and there's this like great audio that overplays from the TV and it literally says like Mad Dog Jones like stock is down 80% and investors are getting skittish. The CEO came on and said, don't worry, he'll take care of his shareholders. And me and my buddy were like, huh, that's like a, a funny Easter egg. Um, and then we started to like, you know, look a little further. And on Nifty Gateway, you can see the amount of additions that were actually minted. And it actually minted like 863 additions. But if you go to any piece, it says that the total amount is 909 right so it's like okay it actually there's actually 863 editions out there but nifty gateway says on the page that there's 909 editions so like that was the first thing we're like huh you know like nine like how many you know lives does a cat have oh a cat happens to have nine lives um and then we start kind of like looking in the um photo and like if you count the tiles between the washing machines there's nine tiles we're like okay and then we counted the washing machine lids so you actually can see i think like 10 or maybe 11 washing machines but you can only see like the the lid on nine of them um and we saw some other things in there um and thought that was really interesting but the funniest part was what got us onto this is mad dog jones he makes you know five million dollars or whatever he hasn't moved out of his house he still drives around this old toyota corolla and he went out one day and hand drew into this dusty corolla like hodel cat and like that's what got us onto this right and then people started asking about this theory that we came up with and he kept saying specifically the same phrase over and over again no comment no comment no comment right and it's like it's almost like he was teasing people into being like like this, this could or could not be real. I'm not going to give it away. But I mean, the, the, then he dropped a tweet and you can find this on Mad Dog Jones Twitter. I'm scrolling back to find it, but he literally released a riddle and the riddle was talking about the cat. And let me find the riddle. He said, here it is, March 18th. He, he tweets, a lonely day in a laundromat, a worrying machine, a purring cat. If you sit and keenly listen, a cat may die, but soon there'll be kittens. So, I mean, <laughs> he's, he's teasing it out there. You know what I mean? It, 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 in a real way. Um, and, but he's, he's a real genius, right? Like he invented, for lack of a better term, he invented the burn mechanic. And now like every artist on Ify Gateway that is trying to strum up support for their nft is like we're going to do a burn mechanic we're going to do a burn mechanic right so he's very much of the thought leader and then it's like what's he going to do next with this auction and he comes out with an nft that's literally a replicator and is going to create derivative works off of it for the buyer right so if you think about a whale like someone's going to jump all over that right like yeah. you have tens of billions of dollars you're going to buy that you're going to gift some of the art maybe you sell off one or two maybe you put it into your crypto token as a gift or what have you but so whatever, if he does something with cats, I'm sure it's going to be epic. Um, but, you know, it's not for sure. But, I mean, the artist is writing riddles about it on Twitter. And there are some definite clues. Like, you know, there's 863 minutes of cats out there. And Nifty Gateway says that there's 909. I, I definitely agree with your conspiracy theory. I, I buy into it. And I also think it's... Um, definitely indicative of something that I think we're going to see a lot more of. The burn mechanic is one thing, 
but ultimately game dynamics built into the NFTs yes. by I think puzzles and other things like that. Because oh, you, so true. like I buy physical or I've bought physical puzzles in the past and then you like have it on your desk and it's sort of like an art piece that's just sitting there, but you already solved it. So you're not, you're not sitting, uh, solving it again. Um, unless you just want something to t mess around with, but I, yeah, in general, you want utility, you want, you want utility. Uh, I don't, do you follow Maddie DCL? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he's been like pushing that a lot. He's like NFTs eventually like need to have utility. You know, people can't have $20,000. I mean, you know, crypto doesn't have utility, but more NFTs have to be more than just appreciation and value. They have to have like some sort of utility or like some, something that works like what you, what you shared over earlier, like that, that new thing, you know, it's at the end of the day, you can say it's whatever, but it's a very in innovative mechanic. I like, I love the mechanic that they're, that they're trying to like push out. And that's what we're going to see more of. And that's why I think that like, in this NFT space, if you're an investor, you have to be really nimble on your feet. Like I got some major flack on like the Nifty Gateway uh, chat discord from time to time because I would take these like really big losses on pieces. But I did it because like I saw the writing on the wall and, you know, I smelt and it stank. And I'm like, this thing's going to drop like a rock. You know yeah. what I mean? And like since they're not liquid, you have to bail out and you got to take losses sometimes. Um, and sometimes they're pretty severe losses. Um, but you got to do it because the, the market's innovating so quick that like something that you like right now, it, you know, six months from now, is anyone going to want it? Like, that's always the thought exercise I pull for like anything. It's like six months from now, someone's getting into the NFT space and they're exploring around out of all the options that they're going to have, like, are they going to land on this thing that I have and want it? Um, and that's why I think that people are really excited about the land, right? Decentraland and sandbox, because like there's just like promise of like utility, you know, that like you're going to be able to use the land and build things on it, and people are going to play games on it or what have you. So uh, I I completely agree. So we're running out of time. However, I did want to quickly mention uh, the the project that I sent over for people who are in the room that aren't familiar with it is called Crypto Orchids, although it's uh, combined together CryptoOrchids.io. Uh, except there's not two O's. So it's cryptorchids.io. And the concept there is you buy an NFT where you have to water it weekly. Now, this is the most ridiculous concept, and it may end up, co <laughs> it, it may end up costing a fortune. And it's I, a three-hour window, right? Yeah, if within a three-hour window, which like if a transaction takes too long, you may end up losing the thing, and you've now invested money. So every week, you have to quote unquote water your plant or water your orchid in this case. I just spent, I think it ended up costing me with transaction fees, you know, $160 to buy the orchid. And then once a week, I'm going to have to spend. Now you got to keep it alive. Yeah. <laughs> once a week, I think it's like somewhere between 10 and 40 bucks to, to like keep watering this. This is just a money pit to be completely honest. But I thought that the dynamics were so clever. And basically, if you don't water it, you lose your NFT, it dies. And so like, that's the most ridiculous. Three uh, years ago, <laughs> just some green thumb that watered that orchid every week is gonna make a million dollars. Like I could just see it happening. That's what I'm thinking. Well, you, you, need some, uh, you need some influencers in the space to buy in, but I'm sort of just betting that there are, and I've seen a couple of other people who I know that uh, have purchased the orchid. So I'm like, you know what? I'll take a flyer on this one just because it's so creative uh, and so ridiculous and frankly, such a, w a waste, <laughs> but it also, 
uh, it's, but it's also legendary. And at the end of the day, like people like things that are like cool or new or interesting. And I think it's so funny that you mentioned like that there's already a service that will like try to automate watering your plants. Like yeah. imagine next thing you know, like on CoinGecko, it's like farm for you. Like the token that, that keeps your orchids alive. You know what I mean? It's, it is, I, I actually, I can see some form of that existing in a future form. But anyways, I, we're, we're out of time. This has been absolutely phenomenal. I do, uh, we should continue the conversation, uh, but yeah, we've reached the end of the show. So Nick, thank you for coming on. It was a pleasure. That's it for this episode of the Nifty Nick Podcast. Thanks again for listening. And if you made it this far, make sure to subscribe at thenifty.com. Thanks again.